Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we begin, a note from our sponsor. I'm Richard Jacobs, Executive Director of the nonprofit Finding Genius Foundation and host of the Finding Genius Podcast. In late 2016, I was rear-ended at 65 miles an hour by a truck on the highway, which sent me off-road into a ditch. The impact of the collision gave me a concussion and other injuries. At the hospital, a CT scan showed that I had thyroid nodules, which turned out to be cancer. It was then, when I had a biopsy in my neck, that I realized, even if I was a millionaire, I wouldn't want a second or a third biopsy due to the pain and the invasiveness of it. And appointments at that time for thyroid experts were three to six months out. And I was worried about dying now, even if that was irrational. So because of this, I've decided to raise money to conduct a literature review on steroids, on the causes of anxiety and depression a condition that affects well over 50 million people in the United States and hundreds of millions worldwide. Our goal is to create a codex, a guide that reveals all possible treatments for anxiety and depression for people that live with the condition or for loved ones that have it, as my wife and my son do. To find out more about our fundraiser, visit FindingGeniusFoundation.org and click on Current Initiatives. And now to our guest. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Thomas Levy. Uh, Dr. Levy is a board-certified cardiologist and a bar-certified attorney as well. Uh, he practiced adult cardiology for 15 years and then began to research uh, the enormous toxicity associated with, with dental work, for instance, like mercury amalgam fillings, and uh, also the pronounced ability of properly administered vitamin C to neutralize toxicities like this. So he's written 12 books, various topics, and I wanted to uh, interview him. Sounds like a very interesting person. So Tom, thanks for coming. A pleasure to be here, Richard. Well, tell me, as a doctor, were you on the side of just traditional allopathic medicine, and then you feel like you, you've changed your position and your stance? Or like, how do you see being a doctor today in light of all the new information that you know? Well, Yes, I was an allopathic physician until 1993 when I met Dr. Hal Huggins in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And then I realized how very little medical school and the practice of medicine had taught me. And as I like to say, my second and real medical education began with Dr. Huggins because up until that point in time, it shouldn't have come as a surprise to anybody, but pharmaceutical companies not only make all the drugs, they fund all the education programs and the med schools and and so you're channeled into the idea, almost literally from day one, that if you have some sort of problem, it's a prescription drug deficiency. It's not a vitamin, mineral, or nutrient deficiency. And this is the mindset that absolutely gets baked into everything. And I'm definitely not defending docs because they happily go along with it. They make their money. They push their drugs. And even more evilly, in my opinion, they ignore and often actively suppress the use of things like vitamin C appropriately and everything else. And as far as I'm concerned, several thousand times a day in ICUs around the world, we have physicians committing negligent manslaughter because they're absolutely not only 
not giving life-saving therapy. They're having, and I get emails like this all the time, they're actually having families give them volumes of articles and beg them to give IV vitamin C and they say no. So what would you call that? Yeah, it's willful. I mean, I understand that the standard of care is um, like the sword of Damocles over a lot of doctors. If they don't adhere to it, they can get sued or run out of practice. So, I mean, even if they wanted to do the right thing, how hard is it to do? Well, it's not the threat of malpractice. It's the threat of the other doctors dragging them through the medical board. So no, 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 there's, there's, there's no serious threat of malpractice giving vitamin C to anybody. There's only a serious threat of medical censorship and rebuke because you're helping patients that the other doctors cannot help and they report you to the medical board. And once that happens, the medical board is obliged to go through a procedure. So it doesn't take really much more than one phone call from one doctor to really mess with your life. That actually happened to me about eight months ago. One doctor from Texas said, this is crazy stuff about hydrogen peroxide. Dr. Levy's doing X, Y, and Z. And the Colorado Medical Board initiated whatever they initiated investigation. I wrote a letter back, claimed everything, and they uh, merely waited about five months before they decided to uh, not take it any further. Yeah, no, that's terrible. I've, you know, some of the stories I've heard, it always sounds like it comes from a patient. Oh, you know, so-and-so worked on this patient, and the patient complained, and that's what got them in trouble. Do you think that's accurate, or do you think it's actually a doctor that complained, but this, the official story is that a patient complained? I think it's mostly mostly a, a disgruntled doctor, and that doctor may well goad the patient into doing something along those lines. But no, not, not too many patients on their own that I know of uh, ever level any serious charges against doctors uh, helping them with uh, vitamins, minerals, and non-toxic natural ways of dealing with diseases, basically orthomolecular medicine, the, the phrase that Linus Pauling coins probably some 50 years ago. So, okay, so what did you discover and in what context did you discover it, meaning about vitamin C and nebulized hydrogen peroxide? Well, I discovered those two about 25 years apart. Okay. I got to know Dr. Huggins in 1993, and he invited me to his clinic to see what was going on. He had a patients from around the world coming in. He did a two-week protocol, took out all the dental infections, uh, root canals, infected teeth, worked on the gums tonsils and uh, cavitations and mercury fillings. And he also did a large amount of nutritional guidance and supplementation. So it was in that setting that I saw this one time an incredibly ill patient, neurologic disease, almost in the barely alive type category. And she was undergoing a large amount of dental work, three hours, extractions, and just every brutal dental thing you can imagine. And at the end of the three hours, she was perking up and looking happy and looking animated. And it was just the opposite of what I expected. And so I said, Hal, what's going on here? And he pointed at the IV bag. I said, okay, that's an IV. That doesn't help me much. He said, well, it's what in it that count. I said, okay, I'll bite Hal. What's in it? And he said, 50 grams of vitamin C. And at that point in time, I'm not in the habit of denying things that I personally am able to witness. And what I witnessed, as they say, did not compute. And it was at that point in time that I undertook my extensive research on vitamin C and wrote the books that you talked about. And here we are 25 years later now in the middle of this pandemic. 
and due to some old, old, some personal problems that I've had for many, many years, and because of some research I found when I was doing my investigation for my book, Magnesium Reversing Disease, I ran across some different things people were doing with nebulization. I never thought about nebulization before, you know, inhaling a fine mist of something into your lungs. And it's a very old technique, basically older than anything else in medicine, goes back over a thousand years. And I said, wow, well, maybe I need to inhale some things that can directly help clean out my sinuses. And, and along the course of that, I came across hydrogen peroxide, which as it turned out was ideal. I was a little reticent at first, but then when I started doing my research on hydrogen peroxide, I had a, oh my gosh, moment when I realized that hydrogen peroxide was not some disinfected cleaner that's only supposed to be used outside the body. In fact, and the book documents this, it's the body's natural antibiotic. Every cell in your body makes it, every area in the extracellular fluid makes it, it's everywhere. 5% of the oxygen that you inhale every moment gets converted into hydrogen peroxide inside your body. In fact, I make the case that the primary role of hydrogen peroxide in the body is serving as a storage form for oxygen to release it in the microenvironments where it's needed uh, to deal with pathology. And then as it turns out, I mean, talk about serendipity, synchronicity, whatever you want to call it. Vitamin C and hydrogen peroxide are the natural partners in having an antipathogen effect. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now back to the show. Uh, peroxide inside a pathogen breaks down to... Uh, hydroxyl radical, very oxidative thing, which breaks down everything in the cell until you have the cell rupture. Vitamin C stimulates that reaction. Vitamin C stimulates the production of more hydrogen peroxide outside of the cell to secrete into the cell, pass into the cell. And it's just incredibly elegant. You know, for those who want more details, it's called the Fenton reaction, F-E-N-T-L-N. But as it turns out, there I am 25 years apart and my medical destiny, you could say, brings me separately to vitamin C at one point in time and hydrogen peroxide to the other. And I can tell you now, and this is my opinion, along with water, oxygen, and vitamin C, I consider hydrogen peroxide to be one of the most top four most important molecules in your body. There's a lot of things you can do in the absence or minimal presence of other molecules, but you won't live very long without those four. And without the hydrogen peroxide, uh, you take one breath in and you inhale a pathogen and that pathogen will have you dead in a few days because the only way the body deals with pathogens is by the final common denominator of the production and then the breakdown of hydrogen peroxide. Well, what's so good about it? Is it is, it's very good to lyse bacteria and lyse viruses or what's its function inside the body? 
Well, everything that actually has multiple functions, but let's talk about antipathogen. Hydroxyl radical is, well, everything that gets quote unquote destroyed in the body is only destroyed because it's oxidized. Electrons get taken away and then that material breaks down. That's what kills anything. That's what breaks down any structure is oxidation. So hydrogen peroxide in the case of this Fenton reaction will oxidize anything, but it doesn't oxidize non-discriminately until you have the different factors in this microenvironment present, hydrogen peroxide is actually very non-reactive. It just sits there and does nothing. But when you put it in the presence of vitamin C converting iron, Fe3 plus to Fe2 plus, and that electron goes to the hydrogen peroxide, you have one of the most potent oxidizing uh, scenarios that occurs in nature. So, and as it turns out, in the linings of your lungs, in the epithelial cells that line your airways, your body naturally secretes hydrogen peroxide to protect the lungs against new pathogens that are inhaled with every breath. You combine that with the fact that after the hydrogen peroxide is finished killing the pathogen, it breaks down into water and oxygen. The two singular most important molecules in the body are the metabolic waste byproducts of hydrogen peroxide. You really couldn't create nature, God, a more elegant way to deal with pathogens. Takes them out and then by breaking down into water and oxygen, hydrates the, the area around the damaged cells and donates electrons so that healing can take place. So it's, but it does that outside the body as well. So no, it's a very highly potent disinfectant anywhere you use it, but it's not this garbage that we hear. Back in the day when President Trump first started talking about inhaling disinfectants, they jumped on hydrogen peroxide. Oh, you're talking about inhaling bleach. And of course, it's just hysterical garbage. This is actually one of the most well-established, if you look for the information, well-established ways in which the body deals with infection. But the additional point is it also serves as what's called a vital signaling molecule in the body. So it has a role to play in numerous different cellular reactions above and beyond its role as uh, an antipathogen. Uh, when your immune system detects an inflammation or an infection, white blood cells go to that site. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. And the first white blood cells there, monocytes, are filled with hydrogen peroxide and vitamin C. So it's pretty elegant. So how does the body produce hydrogen peroxide? in itself, you know, without any exogenous hydrogen peroxide? What are the mechanisms? Well, I mean, uh, hydrogen peroxide is just one more hydrogen added to water. So there's a lot of circumstances under which when the enzymes are present and you have an electron donor like vitamin C, uh, I mean, I can't cite all the different chemical reactions for you, but it's naturally produced mostly outside of the cell. Uh, and then uh, when times are needed where you need more hydrogen peroxide inside the cell, it diffuses inside the cell and has both these modulating factors on the metabolism as well as antipathogen factors, as well as, listen to this, I said a storage form for oxygen. It turns out that when you inhale hydrogen peroxide, 3%, to a lesser degree with lower percentages, 
you clearly, and if you wear an oximeter, you can see this, you clearly and quickly increase the uh, oxygen saturation in your blood. So, and this has never been emphasized before to my knowledge, but it's also something to bear in mind when you have a family member, a heart patient, this out of the other, start to have some problems, the ambulance is coming and you want to give them nasal oxygen, but you don't have nasal oxygen, you have them inhale the hydrogen peroxide and that bumps up their oxygen right away. How do you uh, get and nebulize hydrogen peroxide? Do you have to get it from like a, you know, can you make it yourself or do you have to get it from a company? The hydrogen I'm talking about, peroxide is just over-the-counter regular peroxide. Uh, virtually all of them are 3%. You can get... Uh, a pint of it at Walmart for about uh, 70 cents. When you're going to nebulize hydrogen peroxide for a long period of time, and not just for a short period of time to deal with an acute infection, it's arguably better to go to the expense and time of ordering online and get what's called food grade hydrogen peroxide because of some elements called stabilizers that are added to the -the over-the-counter peroxide. But In no way are those stabilizers of any toxicity compared to getting rid of an acute respiratory infection of any kind. And I'm not aware really of any toxicity at all. It's just a theoretical thing that obviously you want to get something as pure as possible. So it's absolutely reasonable to get food grade hydrogen peroxide, but not really necessary at all. And it shouldn't prevent anybody from trying to bolster their health and deal with infections by doing this. As far as the nebulizers go, it's kind of funny. Some people run into areas where they're told they need a prescription, but as of this point in time, if you go on Amazon, if you go on eBay, if you go on anywhere online in a web browser and type in nebulizer, many different drug stores, many different department stores, they're there. They cost 30 or 40 or $50, and they're there without a prescription. Now, will the powers that be, once they realize what's going on with hydrogen peroxide and, and killing their beloved COVID, will things stay the same? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll start making a prescription. Maybe they'll make it start more difficult to get hydrogen peroxide. Who knows? Well, well, I can tell you, um, I don't think this was delivered in the same way, but for a long time, so like a year, if I went to get hydrogen peroxide just for a cut or something at Walgreens or CVS, they're like, you can only buy one bottle at a time. Well, in the actually, they said supposedly there was a shortage, but then when I went back and there was 20 bottles, they're like, you can only buy one. I'm like, you got 20 bottles. They're like, no, you can only buy one. Well, I'd, I'd like to say everybody was nebulizing, but they weren't. What was happening there is the initial hysteria circulated around antisepsis, okay, circularly around cleaning your hands, cleaning your counters, cleaning everything, making sure you wash your hands three or four times a day. After somebody leaves the table, wipe down the table again, a a truly obsessed paranoia approach toward disinfection. And that's why I think the peroxide disappeared off the shelves. But you're right. I mean, at the Walmart that I go to, a few days into the pandemic, all the peroxide was gone, and I didn't see any peroxide again for seven or eight months. Okay, so I, I got my own just by ordering it online. So if you get a nebulizer and you put peroxide in it, that should work to nebulize it, and then you can inhale it. And what's the That's protocol right. like for how long and for what conditions? There's um, no. There's, might be able to use it. 
There's no exosome protocol now. You, uh, you inhale a concentration you can tolerate, 3% or less, and you dilute with saline. So you can one-to-one dilute it, and you have a 1.5, you know, one-to-three, and you have a uh, slightly less than 1% solution. But it's best if you're dealing with an infection, clearly an infection, the only reason to do lower dilutions is because if you find it stinging or burning a little bit or making you sneeze or causing a little bit of a sore throat, those are all very self-limited, rapidly reversing factors. And most people want to get rid of their cold or flu or their COVID as rapidly as possible. I just came back from South America, Cali, Colombia, and a friend of my wife's down there. And incidentally, this is an article I wrote. It's on Orthomolecular Medicine News Service, uh, the most recent article. And uh, a friend of mine that I had left a nebulizer down there over a year and a half ago because she had a cold and I already knew how well it worked for colds. She did a lot better and then said her family had colds. So I said, look, keep the nebulizer. Three months later, the pandemic hit, and then fast forward a year there, year, year and a half later, I'm going back there. And totally unbeknownst to me, she's she had 20 different advanced COVID patients come to her. By advanced COVID, I mean they not only felt miserable, but most of them were severely short of breath. And once you're severely short of breath, you're very close to dying. I mean, that's basically the way it goes. So in very advanced COVID patients. She did a protocol of 3% peroxide, nebulized for a half an hour, three times a day for the first three days. And then if they want to dilute it down a little bit for the last two days, everybody felt much better after their first nebulization and started breathing easier. And 20 out of 20 cases of advanced COVID with respiratory failure were completely cured by this monotherapy of hydrogen peroxide nebulization alone. Does that mean you shouldn't take vitamin C and everything else? Of course not. You take everything you have. You take ivermectin. You take hydroxychloroquine. But if you don't have any of that, you should feel some comfort in the fact that if you press hard with the peroxide nebulization, you're still going to cure yourself the vast majority of the time. Obviously, in this case, it was 100%, but okay, I'm sure 100% won't bear out after you do 100 patients, but I bet you it'll be greater than 90. So what's the total protocol? You do the nebulization, but how do you administer the vitamin C? Do you have to go like get, get a IV drip at like a sports clinic? What do you do? Well, you, you, uh, that, that's, uh, that's covered in detail in the book, but in a nutshell, you... You really take as many types of vitamin C as you have available to you. You take the oral, if you have the IV, great. Liposome encapsulated is wonderful. But you also need to focus on magnesium, vitamin D, and zinc. These are very critical, especially in dealing with COVID. So there's a lot of different things you can do. I wrote a paper even earlier for Orthomolecular Medicine News Service. It's called COVID. How do I cure thee? Let me count the ways. We have many, many different ways of completely curing COVID and any other respiratory virus. None of them have the support of medicine because they completely underscore and and undermine 
the financial foundation of modern medicine as we know it. I mean, I just told you that 20 patients with advanced COVID were cured for less than 20 cents worth of hydrogen peroxide total. Yeah. Now, now you do the math and tell me how welcome that's going to be to modern medicine. I think remdesivir is more of a home run where it's like five to 8,000 in treatment instead of 20 cents, unfortunately. Yes, that's correct. Yes, sir. The financial home run, you know, that's about it. People do not want to believe this. I put it in the book. And if you still don't want to believe it, that's fine with me. But it saddens me to say this. In my humble opinion, the vast majority of physicians do not make their number one priority the welfare of their patient. If the welfare of their patient is well served by what they want to do and what they make a lot of money with and what they can justify doing because nobody advises them to use hydrogen peroxide or something else or vitamin C, that's their rationalization. But you can give them 100 papers, put it on front of them. The way they deal with that information is they refuse to even acknowledge it. They say, oh, well, that's just that's just garbage. That's just hysterical Internet stuff. And they don't even allow themselves to let it enter their consciousness. So, and I already told you the example about, about the doctors that continue to willfully let people die rather than give them a harmless freaking infusion of vitamin C in the intensive care unit. And I guarantee you thousands around the world a day would be saved by that. What, uh, in addition to, you know, infections like these, especially respiratory ones, what else uh, has hydrogen peroxide been used for? Like what if you have, um, I don't know, irritable bowel or you have some microbiome related problem? Would uh, Do you know if there's any literature about this or any experience about inhaling this stuff to help in that area? It's very interesting that you mentioned that. Very interesting. Were it not for the pandemic, this would be the primary message of the book. The primary message is, of course, kill COVID, use hydrogen peroxide nebulization. But the secondary message, which would be a primary message if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, is for many people, regular hydrogen peroxide nebulization normalizes their microbiome, reverses leaky gut, and stops the dissemination of pathogens throughout the body while normalizing the bowel movements. Because nearly everybody maintains an abnormal pathogen colonization in their nose and throat, especially after they've had a cold or the flu. It's biofilm protected, so regular antibiotics can't touch it. Hydrogen peroxide does, however, strip off biofilms and then kill the pathogens. And the amount of feedback I've gotten already is amazing. Okay, I mean, I've, uh, several doctors have said that, you know, they've had young women that have a, had irritable bowel for 10 years and a few days after they started the hydrogen peroxide nebulization, they were fine. So for the most part, you need to remember, especially people that have had bowel problems for 10, 15, 20, 30 years or more, they think nothing can be done for this. I've had it all my life. Well, you've, what you've also had all your life is the renewed continuing swallowing of new pathogens and new toxins 24 seven. So the gut never gets a chance to recover. But the cells in the small intestine that have the blockage of things getting into the blood, the leaky gut, they replicate very, very, very rapidly. And when you stop poisoning them for just a couple of days, just that quickly for many people, I can't give you a percentage, their leaky gut will completely resolve. That's very interesting. 
again, if you combine it with uh, with high dose vitamin C, how much better are the results? And are there certain conditions that only can be accessed or helped by having both? Well, uh, not so much only. There are two of the best ways to deal with infections anywhere in the body, but you should never ignore if you have access to it ozone in a number of different forms. I mean, there's absolutely no pathogen that ozone doesn't nuke in a microsecond. Uh, Hyperbaric oxygen therapy helps you resolve infections, deep-seated infections by pushing in oxygen under pressure. A much ignored but enormously effective therapy for especially viruses, but infections of all variety, are ultraviolet blood irradiation techniques. And of interest, I might add, is when you, when you actually look at the biochemistry involved in all of these things, they appear to all have the final common denominator stimulating the presence of more hydrogen peroxide inside the cell or pathogen that needs to be destroyed. What other conditions uh, have you seen that people are trying to use the peroxide and the vitamin C for? Has anyone tried to use it for cancer or various oh. kinds or other conditions? Not so much hydrogen peroxide, but oh no, I mean, vitamin C has been curing cancer for since it's been in existence. I mean, that's something that, again, is highly suppressed. Many doctors are actively prosecuted and persecuted for use, daring to use anything other than chemotherapy to, to deal with it. The problem with that is, and, and this is where the pharmaceuticals also have you by the short hair, so to speak is I really don't know how this collusion takes place with the insurance companies. But if you're a cancer patient and you know about vitamin C and you want to get vitamin C, but it's going to cost you, let's just pick a figure, $5,000 for a month's worth of infusions. But you have the option of getting $150,000 of chemotherapy that the insurance company will cover completely so many people, they don't have any money. They take the chemotherapy by default because obviously they can't afford 150000 but the insurance company pays for that, but they won't pay a penny for the vitamin C. So it's $5,000 out of pocket or no expenses, and I let myself be completely poisoned with chemo. Well, they're also very afraid. I mean, when you're faced with cancer, you know, you, you feel like you're, you're going to imminently die. I would think a lot of people think that. I, I had thyroid cancer. And when you look at alternatives, it just, you know, just worries you. What if it doesn't work? What if this works? What if that works? What if this doesn't? So it's it's hard. Well, the amazing thing is you say, what if it doesn't work? And if you stop and take a moment, just a few moments and go online and even see real articles, you'll see the chemo doesn't work either. Most of the time on many cancers. But they still say, well, that's the thing the doctor is recommending. And so that's, again where I go back to the evilness, my word, of many physicians today. So what's the uh, what, what's next for hydrogen peroxide and vitamin C? Like, where do you want to see this go? And what's left to be explored on, on its action? Well, I mean, it should be the number one intervention for any infection. I mean, that's... And the book that I talked about, Rapid Virus Recovery, uh, I'm giving that away for free. So far, I've had, since, it's, since the link has been out, 112,000 downloads around the world. I'd love to see that be a couple million. So I, I want anybody who downloads it to immediately send that link to wherever their email lists are and everything else. 
and let people know. Let people know. I mean, look, I, I even go ahead and call it anecdotal in the title of my paper just to take a arrow out of the quiver of some of the loyal opposition. But anecdotal or not, 20 advanced COVID patients receiving nothing but hydrogen peroxide nebulization and being completely cured 100% five days later, you can rationalize and BS all you want and say, oh, it's not a placebo, can double blind, and you're just deluding yourself and harming your patients. So first and foremost, I want to see this book get everywhere on the planet in as many hands as possible. And uh, the only the, uh, it's steadily growing. I like to say it hasn't gone viral, but it's gone fungal. Fungi grow slow, and it's, it, the number is growing slow, but I'd like to see enough people get it so that it goes viral. And, and I mean, that's the only way in many different ways we're going to save ourselves. Again, I'm not going to get into politics. Uh, everybody, everybody, sh- everybody should be aware of the politics that's going on. If they're not, shame on them. But the only way to take away any of those things being used to control us is by eliminating the virus as a possibility. And the hydrogen peroxide, especially when combined with the vitamin C, will do and has done precisely that. What do you think is, uh, is going to happen over the next year with, uh, with COVID and everything? What do you think the end game is? And uh, what do you think is just going to happen just you know, by virtue of things happening? Well, so many people still have the attitude of, wow, look at that. Somebody's got to do something about that. Hey, that somebody is you. Uh, you're losing every freedom. You're losing every option. Dr. Bacola was told not to talk anymore about vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc and to take all the articles related to that off of his website. I mean, yeah, I, was, I was wondering about that. Like, do you have any inside info? Like who told them and how big was the threat and why would he do that? Well, he didn't go into specifics, but he did say he was also threatened personally. And when you're threatened personally, it really only means, in my opinion, one of two things. They're going to turn the IRS loose on you until you absolutely don't have a penny left and you are lost your house, lost your home, lost your car, lost your family, or they're going to find a way to make you disappear. To me, that's all, that's all threats personally mean. Now, would those threats be followed up on? I don't know who wants to risk their life and the lives of their families by continuing to say something after a powerful arm of the government or a powerful person representing an arm of the government levels threats on you like that. But then, of course, the diets layer that the threats were ever given. I mean, I, I don't have any inside information further than that. I, I know Joe, but he hasn't really talked about it with me. And, and that's a personal thing for him. And by him talking about people that would threaten him, that only puts him at greater peril. So he's got no reason. Some people say, well, why does he talk about who threatened him? Somebody's threatening you with violence, perhaps, and you want to expose them by name? That would not be a bright thing to do. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends how powerful they are, but I guess if they're that powerful, then he would react. Yeah, he has to be careful. So, Absolutely. Hmm. Well, okay. again, so for these protocols, uh, what you know, getting your book out to more people, but is there any new uh, science or studies that's trying to take vitamin C and nebulize hydrogen peroxide to other arenas, additional ones? 
Other research? No, I think I pretty much compiled all the, uh, I mean, there's over 600 references in this small book. So I pretty much have combed through the literature and can give you all the scientific validation for the things that are talked about in the book. So all that's left to do, and there are suggested protocols in the book. So all that's left to do, in my opinion, is to get the book out free to as many people as possible. And then these things can start getting implemented. Other people can get interested. Uh, Open-minded physicians can pick up the ball and run with it and start doing it on their patients. And then it can grow from a, a very central point and it can grow it can grow out okay all right so where can people tom where can people get your book should they email Um, you should they go to a website what should they do first of all i'll give you my email address so that if somebody can't figure out the address i'm about to give you they can just go to t-e-levy-m-d that's t-e-l-e-v as in victor y m-d at yahoo.com T.E. Thomas Edward Levy, my last name, M.D. at Yahoo.com. And uh, I don't do consultations, but I help people with questions and put them in different directions. Now, if you want to go directly to the to the free book, uh, it's the website is RVR, Rapid Virus Recovery, RVR dot MedFoxPub, M-E-D-F-O-X-P-U-B. Dot com. Okay, very good. But Dr. Tom, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Take care. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.